G'day guys, welcome back. You made it to a second episode, it means I didn't scare you off in the first one. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for sticking on board, you're really doing yourselves a favour. So last week I just introduced myself and gave you all a reason to consider getting into stocks and this week we're going to start taking the first practical steps to investing. Before I forget, I realize that I probably should have given a point of contact for all the diehard fans out there who are just dying to get to me. Um, any questions or comments or anything you want to send me, please feel free to hit me up at ross, R-O-S-S dot S-E-D-R-A at gmail.com. I'll try and answer as many as I can because I'm sure I'll probably get flooded. Um, so onwards and upwards, step one, all right, first step in getting all this going. It's a boring one, but it's kind of important and it actually does make a bit of a difference. And that is opening an investing account. Okay, these are also called a brokerage account. These guys are just the online platform that you'll be buying and selling your stocks through. Okay, we're really lucky in today's day and age. Back in the day, you had to, you know, have a membership and you had to pay all these ridiculous fees to be able to get into stocks. We don't have any of that at the moment. Um, So it is the golden era for getting involved. So there's a whole lot of options out there, um, but I'm going to highly recommend interactive brokers, okay? They do everything online through their platform, which is great. Uh, But the two most important things they provide are one, the cheapest commission rates and two, international exposure, okay? Um, And the international exposure... What I mean by that is they have pretty much every stock in the world on their platform, which might seem excessive at first, but as we dig into individual stocks, you'll find that a lot of the companies you love are actually scattered all over the world. Although the US has most of them, there's heaps that are in places like Sweden and Denmark and just South American countries, like all over the place. Um, And the last thing you want is to find a company you love and want to invest in it and be limited by the fact that your platform just doesn't have it. So that's why I really like interactive brokers. Um, But just as a side note, one thing I've found is that a lot of people go with their bank, especially Commonwealth Bank, because they can just link it to their existing bank accounts and they trust it. Um, And so it's so easy. And I, I get it, right? We live in a world of convenience. I'm a big fan of convenience. But In this case, I would advise against it because Commonwealth Bank actually wrought you guys without even noticing. Um, So yeah, it's they charge you nearly thirty dollars every time you buy or sell a stock on the U.S. market. Okay, interactive brokers will charge you less than a dollar fifty. So save yourself a bit of money and go with interactive brokers. The account setup really isn't that hard anyways, and please don't be worried about trusting them. These guys are a huge company in the US, okay? They're not, they're not some dingy platform that's going to steal your money, all right? Um, now, if you do really want to go with another broker, that's fine, Um be weary though. A lot of them will offer you know you know they'll offer you free trades or you know trades cheaper than the dollar fifty I just mentioned. But the way they get you is through the currency exchange rates. Okay, so if you're wanting to invest in you know the U.S. stock market, you have to first you know you have to first convert your Australian dollars into U.S. currency and then you buy the stock. Okay, and the platform will do it for you really swiftly. Um, So you might not know what your currency exchange rates are or what the commission rates are. But just as an example, Interactive Brokers has a 0.002% commission. 
Okay, so they take that percentage on any kind of currency you exchange, whereas the Commonwealth Bank takes 0.6%, which is 300 times more. Okay, and this is really important because if you end up, and a lot of the companies we're going to invest in are going to be in the US because that's just where all the good companies are, unfortunately. And so if you're investing $100,000, 0.6% of $100,000 is 600 bucks just on the currency, okay? Whereas for interactive brokers, it's something like, ends up being like $20. So it does make a big difference because every time you're converting your money in currency, which you could be doing you know, a modest amount, they're going to take that slice of it. Right, So be sure to look at the exchange rates if you're going to go with someone else. So that's picking your broker. I suggest interactive brokers. You can pick another one. Just be careful of the exchange rate. Step two is to pick our form. What I mean by that is, is we then have to figure out what we're going to buy. Okay, And there's two types of stocks that I, I like to think of it as two types of stock. The first type is, an, is simply an individual stock which represents an individual company, okay? Apple has Apple stock, you know? Uh, Netflix has Netflix stock. They're the common ones, right? Um, And in this podcast, we're going to spend most of our time learning how to pick those individual stocks. But I did want to touch on a second type briefly because they will also play a role in your investing journey. And these are called exchange-traded funds, okay? An ETF, and what an ETF is, is it's a whole basket of tens or even hundreds of stocks, individual stocks within them, okay? And someone manages that basket for you for a very small and very worthy fee, okay? Don't worry about these fees. They're, they're really small and they are just worth it, okay? So these ETFs are perfect for those who want to make it as easy as possible. And I will go into how we practically use them this week and next week. So, but first, let's go through the pros and cons of each type so you can kind of figure out which one suits you best. So, the first type is the exchange traded funds, the ETFs. The benefits of these, they're easy, right? You don't need a lot of research. Uh, You just need to look at, because they all tend to have kind of like, in the name, you could probably guess what kind of things they're going to invest in. Um, So, you don't need a lot of, it's it's not very time consuming. You just kind of scroll through all the options out there and, you know, pick the one that you like read the little blurb about what they tend to invest in and that and that's it and you just pick it. Um, each ETF tends to have a specific theme to it. Um, there are broad themes like technology or there are very specific themes like space travel or cybersecurity. Okay? And we're going to cover this in more we'll do ETFs in more detail next week, so don't worry too much. Uh, the other benefit of ETFs is that they're diversified. So remember what I said last week Um, diversification is about having your money in lots of different parts of the economy or lots of different industries, lots of different sectors, okay? And why we do that is because if one industry has issues um, and its stock falls, you're not going to watch all of your, you know, all your investing money fall with it. And a really good example that I used last week is coronavirus's impact on travel and the tourism industry or the live events industry. So if you had all your money in tourism and live events, you would have seen half of your money gone by now, okay? So we want to invest in lots of different industries and we'll do later episodes on the specifics of how you do that. But just remember, you don't want all your money in a certain industry because if that industry has some unforeseeable thing happen to it, 
just like coronavirus, um, you don't want to see all your money fall apart. So yeah, so the ETF baskets are great um, because they're designed to have lots of different companies within them, usually from different industries. Um, so that when you buy one ETF, you've actually just bought you know, lots of different companies with lots of different industries. And so you're pretty much immediately diversified, which is great. The other good thing about ETFs is that they have a limited downside. So if you think about it, I don't know how mathematical your brain is, but because you're buying so many stocks all at once within these baskets, the chances that every single stock within that basket falls by a big amount all at the same time is quite unlikely. Okay, so what that means is, is um, because your results from the ETF, like the return you get is going to be the average of every individual stock within it. So the odds that every single individual stock falls by a big amount all at the same time is quite unlikely. So what you end up getting is you get a limited downside. So the ETFs are quite unlikely to cause you to lose a lot of money. All right. But here comes the disadvantage of, um, and, and the fact that it doesn't fall down much limits our downside risk, okay? But this is the disadvantage of ETFs. Um, for the same rationale that they don't fall by large amounts, they also don't rise by large amounts, okay? The chances that every single individual stock in your basket will jump by 20% all at the same time is just as unlikely as falling. So... ETFs aren't going to give you the big returns you can get from individual stocks. Individual stocks, you know, you can, I've, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, I've tripled and quadrupled my money within two, three years on, in, on some individual stocks. That is pretty much impossible in an ETF. So that's the downside to them. And what actually ends up happening with these ETFs is that they'll average out to give you a return that's similar to that of the overall market. Okay, maybe a little bit better. And that number tends to stand between anywhere from 7 to 10%, okay? which is still great because remember, there's nowhere else really to invest your money at the moment. Um, but the ETFs, this 7 to 10% is a lot smaller than what you can get from some individual stocks. Um, the other disadvantage of ETFs is that you can't set kind of a price target for them. Um, and this is probably not going to seem very important to you now. But what we'll come to learn is that um, what we'll come to learn on this podcast is that there's two main ways you lose money. Okay. The first way is that you buy a bad company or the second way is that you pay too high a price for it. Okay. And so, so if you buy, you know, Netflix at the height of its popularity, you buy it at its absolute peak, well, then the odds of it going higher above that are a lot lower than the odds of it going down. Okay. So, um, so that's the issue with the ETFs is because it's so many different constituents, you can't, you don't actually know what price you're paying. And so, um, you can't set a price target on it. And so, um, yeah. And so this is really important now, especially when despite the coronavirus's impact on the economy, stock prices are still quite expensive when compared to historical averages, meaning an inevitable fall will occur, even with this current fall, right? Um, but without a crystal ball, we have no way of knowing when. Um, and this is the risk that everyone takes when they get into investing and it's inevitable, um, but it's a risk worth taking, especially now considering that we'll probably have or we've either had the big fall already or we will have a fall quite soon um, due to coronavirus. So, um, yeah, so the fact that we've already had our fall means that it's unlikely to fall again 
or it, it will either fall again soon, but it's unlikely to fall within the next couple of years after that. Um, don't worry about that. In summary, ETFs, they're easy, they're safe, but they give you average returns, okay? Another another brownie point for ETFs is that they have backing by Warren Buffett. Mentioned him last week. He's the investing guru, okay? Greatest investor of our time, head and shoulders above the rest. And he himself has said on multiple occasions that if you don't have the time to research individual stocks, you should just own ETFs, okay? And we will um, talk about the role of ETFs in our portfolio next week. So now it's time for individual stocks, okay? And the pros and cons are pretty much just opposite to ETFs. So individual stocks, they require a bit more work, um, but here comes a shameless plug. Uh, the whole reason I made this is to make investing easier for people. Um, and I'm in the process of building a website, www.stocksfromscratch.net, which will do a lot of the work for you. And I'll tell you how to use this more in later episodes. Um, so yeah, so individual stocks, bit more work, but I will make that easy for you. Uh, individual stocks also have the potential to give you the biggest returns. Yay. Um, but also the biggest falls. Sad. Um, but um, we're going to work very hard at preventing those, um, preventing us from losing um, lots of money in stocks. And there's a bunch of easy ways you can do that. Uh, so for example, investing in Tinder in 2017, right? Three years ago, you would have five times your money by today. Okay. So that's just a little reminder that there's lots of opportunities out there that are sitting right in front of our faces every day because we are the consumer. We have the power. <laughs> um, the other big advantage to individual stocks is that you can set a defined price target on them. Again, this might not seem important to you now, but what you'll find is that if you can estimate roughly what a stock is worth, okay, then buying it below that price should always result in gains. Okay, That means, theoretically, you shouldn't lose money if you can A, find what a stock is worth, and then B, buy it below that price. Okay. This concept is extremely important. Keep it in the back of your mind for now, um, but we will dwell on this further down the track. So that's individual stocks. They require more work and are a bit riskier than ETFs, but offer you way bigger returns. So that's it for this week. Uh, just to recap, talked about the two different types of stocks or forms of stocks, which is ETFs and individual and the pros and cons of each. Next week, we're going to dive into the different ways to buy ETFs and individual stocks. See you then.